0: As always, Rugger Matrix is brought to you by Strike, Australia's leading provider of Bluetooth car kits and other handheld devices. Make sure you get your cradle today. If you get caught, it could cost you big time. Strike.com.au will give you 10% off if you enter the code Rugger Matrix on checkout. So make sure you look after your driving today. Check out Strike.com.au. Rugger Matrix also brought to you by MyBean.com.au. Coffee, direct from the roaster to you, and they sell at roaster's prices. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International, episode 189. I'm your host, Juro Sen, and joined in the studio this early morning by Mark Cashman. Cash cow, uh, I've got my uh, (laughs) double shot, uh, very small flat white. You've got your, what, cafe, latte, soy, what is it?
1: Well, Bronk, I'm all about lifestyle choices at the moment. So, uh, mate, it's a soy uh, soy cappuccino. So, uh, listen, I'm uh, I'm on the Matt Dunning uh, transformation. So, this is all part of it. Soy lattes, <laughs> you name it, I'm into it. Shakes, oh, the whole lot.
0: I think the man over our shoulder is disgusted to hear about the soy latte, but uh, I'm happy to say, look at him, looking brilliant there. Uh, from the UK, is the uh, Premiership winning prop for Northampton Saints, Selesi Marfu. Celesi, welcome to Rugger Matrix. Great to speak to you, mate.
2: G'day, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, what an epic final. We've got a lot to talk about in terms of global rugby this week, but, I mean, if anyone saw uh, the uh, final between Saracens and, uh, uh, of course, Northampton, Mark Cashman, it was absolutely unbelievable, but Selesi... Uh, it was
2: never in doubt, in the extra time, 24-20. <laughs> oh, but it was a strange game, a strange ending. Uh, to the way it finished was just unbelievable. You know, everyone's sitting on the edge of their seats waiting for the result. But, um, but uh, very glad to be on the winning side of that. And um, but it was very happy for the, for the people of Northampton and, and the team
1: so lucy you 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 spoke about the people of northampton uh it has been a while since they've uh, they've they've won a trophy what does this mean and what sort of reception have you got from uh from the people of of northampton Mate, it was the reception uh after the game was unbelievable i I've, n- I've
2: never seen anything like it uh we on the on the bus home it was just Northampton supporters all the way up the m one which is about an hour from london and The reception when we got back to the ground, probably about twenty thousand supporters there, and then uh, thirty thousand the following day on the open bus tour of the town. So it just it meant so much to the people. Just the rugby is probably one of the few towns where uh, in in UK where it's the first sport, and um, it just just amazing the vibe that went around the the place uh, on Saturday and. And Sunday, and even till now, you're still getting you know people walking f- past the past the house, waving and congratulating us, and <laughs> just uh, showing their appreciation on how much it meant to them. And uh, yeah, it was just so much to take in in uh, s- such a short time.
0: So, I see, uh, it was an epic final, and uh, I keep banging on about it on this program that uh, that people who um, dismiss out of the hand. Uh, that European rugby can be boring, really don't take into account the weather. I really found, and Kasho, you would agree with me, that this final was just one of the most breathtaking games I've ever seen. And, you know, I'm not really just doing it to blow sunshine up your backside. I'm saying that was a ripper of a final. And I just think... um, you know, it's right up there with one of those entertaining games, leslie I mean, you played with the Brumbies, with the Force, and the Wallabies, and you know about throwing the ball around. But, uh, wow, there was some razzle-dazzle stuff in that game and tough stuff as well.
2: Yeah, it was... Um, at the start, there was a little bit of... Uh, there was, like, the kicking for territory. And then once, you know, both teams decided they wanted to play, then, you know, it was all on. And it just made it a real great... Uh, great spectacle for all the supporters that came in. And, you know, I think both both clubs have a big um, supporting base and um, it was really enjoyable to be a part of and uh, no doubt that everyone that to have to um, say the same. So uh, really, it was really good and I think the guys fed off the, the atmosphere and the energy that was coming from it. So, yeah, really, really great to be a part of.
1: That's the thing about uh, rugby in the UK and Europe isn't it? There's Celesici there's probably uh, three distinct parts to the season, isn't there? There's the uh, the open part where everybody's fresh and they start off and there's a lot of running. You head through Christmas, that Christmas New Year sort of period. It is wet; the conditions change, so you've got to change the way you play. And then there's the end of the season. It's always bright and entertaining, and that's uh, that's what we've seen uh, pretty much all through Europe, and particularly in the v- Aviva Premiership. I think I think the standard has uh, has uh, jumped up considerably over the past eighteen months.
2: Yeah, mate. Um, I found that when I moved over, it's just the. The speed of the game at the start of the year was uh, no different to um, what I experienced in uh, Super Rugby, and um, but it was, I think it's it has a lot to do with the the style of the coaching has changed, the the players that's coming up from the south. Um, I'm not taking nothing away from the from the players up in the northern hemisphere. Just um, you know, and come uh, January and uh, December, January. It's, starts to get wet again guys are out with the autumn tests and you know the, the game does slow down a little bit but it's you know physical right through the year and then come the later stages of the year where teams are starting to pick it up and it gets dry again and, may, and no one holds nothing back and it's just really um it's been an experience quite an experience for myself so yeah really enjoyed it
0: the, the final day was just gripping uh, i mean if we can go into it with a little bit of detail now, Selesi. And, uh, you know, it had a couple of controversial moments. Last week we spoke to Stu Dickinson about the TMO and the TMO came into play. And I know Saracens have been critical of the use of the uh, TMO, the pullback that try by Owen Farrell. But uh, I, I I guess um, that, that helped you guys. But uh, was it tense there when the call went down to review it and then call it a forward pass and the lead up to that try that was disallowed, obviously.
2: Yeah, he so he, he'd given the try and um, they've gone back to the, the video. ref has looked at it and then said that it needed to be reviewed. And um, that, that was a pretty tense moment when they were going through it. And I think it was a turning point in the, in the game. And to be on the right side of that was you know probably, I could say you know it's a fair call, but for, you know, I could say if a game was decided by you know any injustice, you know, I don't think uh, no supporter wants to see, you know, no player wants to be a part of it. But, you know, unfortunately for myself, I'm lucky to be on the right side of that, and you know it is what it is. We didn't we don't make up the, the rules. We just sort of go go on and... Uh, so Lucy,
1: that's, uh, that's what all finals are about, aren't they? They're about those uh, those moments, and and certainly one of them was uh, an unbelievably hard hit by Courtney Laws on uh, on on the Saracens number ten. Listen, I, I'm I'm surprised that uh, that he, uh, he 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 got up from that, and and then then in Super Rugby just uh, hours before was Ben Tamiafuna. Uh, from the Chiefs doing that big hit on Michael Hooper. Listen, they were two of the biggest hits I've seen in rugby for for the best part of ten or fifteen years. Uh, what what was the, the the hit by Courtney Laws like? It it must have got the uh, the bench up off their feet. Yeah, it definitely was. It was it was great. It was good. Um,
2: come at a good time of the game. You know, everyone uh, sort of picked everyone up again. And um, where we were, you know, defending in our own quarter, there was very good. Um. Probably good uh, involvement from Courtney, and to pick everyone, pick the team up again, and you know, get us back on the front foot. But um, you know, he'd been doing that all year, and mate, we'll, I think we'll probably, all, everyone in the ground I was probably shocked that uh, he got back up from that from that tackle and played on. But you know, it's, he's a tough kid, uh, Courtney, and I <laughs> uh, can't remember the guy's name, the, the guy that got hit, but for an old fella, he he. Uh, he definitely took some guts to get back up and play, play on, and yeah, that's what. I don't, think he, I don't
0: think he remembers his name
1: <laughs> Just, <laughs> just, just flowing on from that, Salisa. Uh, can you tell us a bit, a bit more about Courtney Laws? Because, you know, like he's he's got all the assets uh, to be a world 15 uh, lock, isn't he? And uh, but tell us something about his, his sort of personality. He's uh, uh and, and and what he offers to your team, not necessarily on the field, but also away from it.
2: I uh, think he's a very mature character for his age. And uh, he, he gets about, he, he's got a very strong work ethic. He, he works works very hard and a lot of the, guy, a lot of the guys in the team uh, respect him and look up to him, uh, mainly because of the way he carries himself. And I think he's been given a lot of responsibilities in the national team um, and they've been doing really well, you know, as you guys have seen in the spring uh, or the summer Southern Hemisphere teams coming up in the spring. And um, mate, he's he's brought that back to the club, and and has uh, been good good for the younger guys, and good for the squad, and you know we've all been feeding off it, and mate, he's been one of the most consistent players um, in our in our pack, and you know I think he's he's going to feature uh, for the England team real heavy coming into the World Cup next year, and we probably one of the better guys, better second rows here in the in England. So, yeah, I, I really um, respect the guy and mate, I'm looking forward to playing more rugby with him.
0: Yeah, a lot of superstars, you know, George North playing as well in the wing. And, uh, you know, talk to us about the closing stages, though. Uh, that final was, was gripping all the way through, extra time. Now... You guys didn't go for the drop goal to level at the scores. You went for the try. That was interesting too uh, and and obviously it went the
2: way you wanted, but what was the thinking there? Well, um, up until – well, no, no, at, during the game, no one in the team other than our halfback Lee Dixon and Stephen Milo knew that only the – uh, a draw will win us the game, so they the coaches felt that if they told the team that, then we would hold back. But uh, we've been put in the same situations many times throughout the season and managed to just um, like play, keep playing, boys, keep playing, and grind out those tough wins, which we win right on full time or um, you know probably five minutes before the game, like as the semi final went against Leicester, which we won about two minutes from full time, but. Yeah, the coaches agreed in that last um, break before that last 10 minutes that they they don't tell the players just the the, the game callers, and um, if they felt that they if they did, then the guys would hold back. So um, as far as everyone else on the field went on, it was just a, a try I had to win it, a try and was you, to win. Yeah, We're and you down- certainly
0: you certainly didn't hold back, and it had to come down to a gripping TMO decision again for the uh, winning try.
2: Yeah, so yeah, we got to that, and man, we we're pretty confident that uh, he scored the try. But um, you know, as as it was, if if we didn't sc- if they didn't allow the try, then it was a loss. So it was all or nothing as far as um, the other thirteen players on the field were concerned, well for the Saints.
0: Very brave decision, and uh, that's what I mean about this final, Celeste. They really had everything, and and turns and controversy but that was a wonderful end. Dylan Hartley uh, just uh, coming back and and now moving on to the plane to New Zealand just uh, what a weekend for him.
2: Yeah mate it was was probably uh, I was really lucky enough to be roomy with (laughs) Dylan the the night before the game and the first time I spoke to him about the incident that happened 12 months earlier and um, you know, to what it meant to him. You know, to get that second chance um, on on the weekend was. You know, I don't think he would have um, he would have given anything to have that chance to be out on the field and and um, come back with a win to to Northampton. But um, mate, I was I was really happy for him and really amazed. And mate, I think he he'd done a lot of work to get back uh, in time for that final, and um, I think. You know he pretty. had been pushing himself. You know a few weeks earlier. You know knocking on the the coach's doors and the physios' doors, and you know, they kept turning him back. But you know the the final, all or nothing for him, and but um yeah, very happy with the outcome for himself.
1: So Salisi, so uh, that, that's an interesting point about uh, about Dylan Hartley about his his battle to come back from uh, from a from a, from a brain a brain explosion in in the final the year before. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, sometimes, sometimes public perception of uh, of rugby players is a bit different to what it is actually inside the, uh, the the team environment. That's from what you're saying. Seems to be the case with uh, with Dylan Hartley because he he he's a guy who, if you're on the opposite side, uh, opposite team supporter, he he wears a black hat, doesn't he? He's a bad guy. Yeah,
2: yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a general perception uh, with him. Uh, around the place but um, you know f- from playing uh, alongside him uh, he's a he's a great leader he's a very very demanding uh, sort of person I, I find him very similar to Stephen Moore hmm. um, you know lots of him you know just very demanding of the players around him you know in standards and and the you know uh, ethics of um, you know of the players around him and you know, even right up to the coaches you know there's he was great, you know, and a great guy to have on your team, and I think uh, we'll see we'll see much more of him as well.
0: It was tremendous stuff from uh, from all the players involved, but it's been a big year for you guys, Uh, uh Unfortunately, because of uh, your little chat with Tom Youngs, you couldn't play in the uh, in the uh, final um, of the uh, the second tier of the uh, Heineken Cup, but uh, but you. You, you won that and you had your hands on the trophy and you got a chance to have your um, your big mitts on this one as well. But uh, it has been, and I know some people in the club have said, even bigger than the year that that the club won the uh, Heineken Cup, that this was just a wonderful year to uh, to go uh, to win two trophies in the season and go all the way in the premiership.
2: Yeah, um, they, they've been building for some time now and... Um... You know, a few times they've they've come up to the you know, Heineken Cup finals and and uh, the premiership finals and fallen short. And I think before the weekend, the, the club had never won the the, the English premiership. So, um man, it was really amazing, like, the feeling. And you'd go around the place and people would let you know what it means to them and especially games against Leicester. Uh, it, it was, to me, it was like a almost like a state of origin very personal sort of feel and um, you know bragging rights was always is, is always up up for grabs when when we play against them so you know the, the incident itself um, I don't think it was it was personal I, I just think it was um, the, the 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 occasion had a lot to do with it and it was just I don't I can't explain, you know but it, it, it is what it is and uh, yeah. I was very lucky to get the one week you know and be a part of the final again uh, has, has your
1: has your manager Salisi uh, set up the uh, the line of memorabilia in, involving signed pictures of you putting a putting a left or a right or, i can't remember <laughs> what it was on tom's uh, tom's chin it's it's a fantastic <laughs> photo isn't it
2: yeah well there was a, I had a a group of guys that had T-shirts with it printed on the on the front of it, and <laughs> and, uh, and now and now I've got my own song about the the incident. So yeah, I was listening to that for most of Saturday night, and I'm pretty sure Tom will probably hear it himself at, when next on his next visit to Northampton. So,
1: listen can but, uh, you uh, can you sing a few lines from the song? <laughs> oh,
2: uh, yeah, come on, mate! I'd say like a Celeste, he plays the Saints, and he punches like Ali or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: uh, well, you, I'll tell you what. Tom Young's took it well on the day, yep. and he took it well on social media too. You said you'd buy him a pint because he said, no worries, mate. Uh, have you bought him a pint, Celeste?
2: Uh, not yet, but um, I know he, I know he's not on the on the spring tour. Um, I think he's got an ill family member, and um, they're only up the road. So hmm. you know, if, I, if I run into him, mate, it's... <laughs> i would just have a laugh over it and just catch up maybe have a pint even like after the games here it's very traditional we um, go into the teams function room and both teams sit together have a have a meal and you know beers are beers are there as well so and they catch up and then they're on the bus back home so but um yeah there'll be no doubt we'll, we'll catch up again in the future
0: that's something that's been lost a bit in super rugby uh, over recent years it's become so slick in and out sort of thing that uh, we just don't have as much of that uh, interaction between the teams as we used to. It's a bit of a shame,
2: isn't it? Yeah, I guess yeah, it is in a bit. And um, I thought um, you know when I come over, it was a bit of a you know, sort of found why why I enjoyed rugby again, and you know why why we all start playing rugby, and you know, you, get, you you play the game, and then you know you go into the change rooms and you see the the opposite team with all their families and. And um, you know, it's very uh, intimate, like with the opposite, the supporters, with the, when they travel with the teams to the away games. Um, you know, that's something I didn't see a lot when we played in Super Rugby, only because we we're so far away from each other. But mate, I thought it's it's brilliant and um, you know, something we, you know, we should uh, encourage to do down south. So
1: yeah, that's uh, the 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 families are very important thing of uh, part of rugby. Uh, uh, while we're talking of family, uh, what's your what's your brother Campisi up to? Um, is he in and around the the Fijian test team still? Yeah, he was um, he was living up here. He's living
2: up here. I'm um, playing for uh, Nottingham, which is uh, in the Championship, the, the league below the the Premiership. And um, at the moment, he's playing. Uh, he's in Fiji, so whether he's playing this weekend, I'm not sure. I think they got Italy first up, and um, yeah, it'll be a good good test out for himself um, up front with a you know, pretty strong Italian pack that don't lack um, you know, size in the front row, and it'll be a good test for him. But um, so it's, yeah, he's going going really well, and I think he's developing his game uh, a bit over here, so which is good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What about your game? What have you learnt playing on the on the surfaces there in the UK, uh, being uh, involved in a heavy workload? Uh, How's that changed your game up front as a tight head prop?
2: Well, it was a bit of a bit of a shock for me at the start. Um, you know, I had to do a bit of work physically to prepare my body for um, the, the amount of contact that we were doing. Um, not so much the training week was um, was okay, but like just the games, there was just so much contact, and um, yeah, I had to get myself in in a like stronger body shape and a lot of a lot more lifting and a lot more technical work in in set piece and just the amount of um, i think we just contests everything um, the kicking game the the scrums nothing uh, lineouts the mauling is just everything is contested and you know if you if you're the team with the ball you're you're never guaranteed you're going to get it back and i think you know with the coaches and the players, you know everyone's input. It's um yeah very. It's we're playing at a very high level every week, and it takes its toll on players. And but we're lucky enough to have a good squad and with good depth, and you know get a bit of rotation in. So, but um mate, right now I'm just feeling pretty broken. So <laughs> <laughs> glad to have these five weeks. Glad to have these five weeks, and um know, yeah, before we can start working again and you know, get back into it. So. Um, yeah
1: so so Lucy and another Aussie doing well in the premiership is uh, is Dean Mum at the Exeter Chiefs. He's their captain and uh, they've done pretty well this year. They they seem to be moving in the right direction and in my mind they're playing a very attractive uh, style of rugby. Yeah,
2: it was um mate, uh we I played against him in the final for the LV earlier in the year and but um, yeah, they're a very expansive team. They're well coached, um, well drilled um, team, and mate, Dean Dean was doing a real good job for him. They 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 like him over here. Very popular um, captain and player amongst the the English um, supporters, and but I think he's doing a good job. And mate, we we went down to them in in the LV final, um, not by much, but mate, he had a, he played a real big part in it.
0: Uh, so let's see. When we talked about the uh, Amlin Cup victory and, of course, the Premiership, can you describe to us? I always like to get the thoughts of our guests. What's it like to play in the Heineken Cup?
2: But um, I guess I can say it's it's pre- it's a test match. It's it's um yeah, it's a test match, and I don't think it's anything short of that. It's the, just the the intensity of the game. It's uh, so intense and the speed it's played at, um, the, the players that are involved, the, cl- the, the teams, uh, if you're playing it, a home game is, is, is a final for, for everyone. And man, it's just such an intense um, tournament. And I've probably never experienced uh, anything in the, for a club team like that. And my first taste of it, I think the first two weeks I was playing uh, against the French props, and then had the Welsh front row the following week. <laughs> and then the Irish front, front row the following week after that. And, and yeah, mate, there were some sore bodies around. And we, you know, to carry on after that, um, straight back into the premiership, um, mate, it was unbelievable. And the momentum, the supporters, um, they they carry you through. And mate, it was it's just amazing feeling. And you can see with the likes of Tulane, with the support base they go through with, it just means... To to be crowned kings of Europe just means so much to the people, um to everyone involved. So, you know, you can can only imagine what like a place like Toulon would be going through right now.
1: Well, we're talking of Toulon, uh, seventy thousand out of the population of Marseille of a hundred and ten thousand turned out for their their uh their double trophy victory celebrations. That's uh that's sort of like absolutely amazing, isn't it? Uh, you know, that's that's what these trophies mean to people up that up that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's very um,
2: very tribal, you know. And they 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 follow them, like into England, the the, the Toulon supporter. They follow them into Ireland, and they're they're there the day before. They're very vocal, so you know when you know the, they're in town during the the games, the Heineken games, and they just—they're just, they're very passionate about their teams, and and um, they go to all extremes you know, to make sure they get the win. So, but the teams um, that are doing well—they—they um—they have a good. They, we've got a good support base following them around, man, and they—they're really doing a good job for them.
0: Yeah, one of our mates, uh, Paul Cook, who follows you on Twitter, Celeste, uh, mad Northampton Saints fan. Great rider for club rugby here in Australia and has been wearing his Saints jersey for the last week and a half, I think since the Ambulance Cup. So yeah. he's a bit rank to hang around. <laughs> they love their kid. Look, it is it is wonderful, that tribal thing, isn't it? I mean, you talked about walking around the streets. I mean, you'd be pretty much a superstar around those uh, streets, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm probably adopting uh, the nickname Aussie now, so... Uh, <laughs> They just know me as the Aussie around here. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think um, there's no for myself. Someone on my size as well, There's no hiding around this place. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's good. And it's nice to you know people come up, you know, because we've done so well. You know, people come up and you know, say hello and say how much they enjoyed the game. And I think um, yeah, I've met a lot more kids that aspire to be, you know, front rowers and. You know, it's probably nice to see that. Um, you know, probably don't say I didn't see a lot back in Australia. You know, but um, hey, great to be an influence on um, uh, on the next generation and people coming, kids that want to come through and play the game. So, uh, it's, it's it's nice, mate. Good, great feeling.
0: You got Casho excited, with all the kids wanting to be front rowers. Oh yes.
1: yeah, So That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's everyone's goal in life, really, isn't it? So, Salicy, just cast your cast your your mind back to. Uh, Oh, what was it? It must have been 15 years ago. Uh, we, we were you playing, um, playing West Harbour Colts and probably spending, yep. let's just be fair, and uh, I'm, I'm not coming from a uh, solid base on this front, probably spending a bit too much time at McDonald's?
2: Yes. I think uh, that, that was Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney uh, with um, me and uh, Rodney Blake, we played in. We grew up playing together in um, West Harbour Juniors, and and uh, Rodney's bedroom was facing the McDonald's driveway. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I can remember um, when we joined the New South Wales Junior Academy, and um, they they said, you guys got, got to move from this place because this kid's finding himself there too many times." But you know, I was I was, I was along tagging along with him as well. So, yeah, pretty pretty heavy. Heavy duo and I wouldn't like to think what the the, the kids, the parents on the opposite team were thinking then, mate, but there was some, some, a lot of timber between the two of us. You know, Rodney was, I think, 150 and I was about 140. I think it was back in the old days, so...
1: Well, it's, it's been quite a, a physical transformation and transformation in your life, really, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, mate, it's... I think, um, you know, at the start, you, you know, you get shown, um, you know, what you can be and they tell you, you know, what it takes. And, you know, I think it's just up to you then, you know, whether we want to, if you want to make it and you know, just, that's the sacrifices you got to make, you got to, you know, put put all that down and, you know, start uh, grinding away. But, um, yeah, we both, um, both managed to do it and, um. You know, probably haven't looked back since. You know, occasionally find ourselves there, but as, as long as we've earned it, you know, not, not during the season, though. No. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a really great example, Celesi. Uh, what do you think of the Australian uh, test team? Uh, Ewan McKenzie's pulled a few surprises. Um, obviously, uh, Ben Alexander uh, not available, so Kopi Kepu will play uh, tight head for Australia against France this weekend in the first test in Brisbane. No Wilgenia. At uh, Scrum Half, he's gone with Nick White and Bernard Foley from the Waratahs. Uh, so a couple of changes there. Big bench, though, powerful bench, and Tatafu Pilota now is on the bench as well. Curly Beal on the bench. And my favourite, Paddy McCabe, who I just think has done amazing. Two broken necks and still still
2: killing it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that test team? Um, well, I think it's, uh, it's a good team. And um, I, I think a lot of guys... Uh, that are in there are being rewarded for you know the season they've had so far, and mate, that's um, I think that's warranted. And um, you know, I, I guess guys that that's been left out like Ben Alexander and Will Gennaro himself, they'll we'll see them back in there at some time. And mm. you know, likes of Scotty Hig- Higginbotham. But um, but I think uh, against the French, you know, I think it's good to have a, a big pack, and you know, guys coming off the bench that will. Um, you know, bring some uh, some impact into the game late in there. You know, we got the French coming off a big season, and maybe we want to make a statement at the back end of the game as well as the start. So, but know um, yeah, pretty good to see the guys getting a start, and you know, really happy for the likes of San Carter. I think he's been really, really uh, going well the last few years, and deserves a, to play uh, for Australia now. And um, good timing for him. You know, hopefully we can see him uh, progress through. Um, the World Cup around the corner.
0: Yeah, and uh, Casho, uh, Ben Alexander's got a nerve issue, so he's been ruled yep. out for that, and uh, that means um, you've got some good firepower up front still. But Casho, your yep. thoughts, and we'll ask the man himself, what do you think about Link looking at Celesi for the World Cup next year?
1: Well listen, I I I I think it's one of the things that South African rugby do quite well and they uh they bring in their, their overseas stars in certain positions and I and I think particularly with uh with the uh with the World Cup being played in England that uh that a guy like yourself, salesi and this is you know, like take this as it is, should be seriously considered because that's probably an area where, where we really need to lock it down and, and you'd know from playing from Monday to uh, Saturday, in in these particular conditions, that we need a good tight head. We need we need that right hand of the scrum locked down nice and tight, and uh, just to guarantee our ball, which is the basis of our game. So, uh, I, I I would love to see Link uh, actually go out outside Super Rugby, and pick guys uh, like yourself. Even even a guy like Dean Mum would would be a very handy bench player in 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 a Rugby World Cup. So there it is. You know, right. bring them in from overseas. So, so, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the I'd would, I'd would love um uh,
2: to come back and play for Australia any day, mate. And I'd put I'll you know if Link gave me a call tomorrow, i would drop my bags and you know head over. But you know, the, you know the rules. It it is what it is, and probably I can't do much about it. You know, other than what it is. But mate, if I was ever given the opportunity, there's. Uh, you know, everyone that knows me knows that I'll I'll be there within in a drop of a pen. So, but um, mate, I, I'd love to be a part of it, and I think being being up here now probably um, gives me a, a good shot at it. I think with the the way the game is going to be played, um, I guess at the, during the time and. The way the World Cup games are played, you know, I think it's set around um, set-piece and defence. That's probably the two main factors of, of World Cup rugby. I think uh, a lot of the flair stuff, um, the, the teams that are, have been dominating, like the All Blacks, probably had to change their game to, to win the World Cup. You know, the, you've seen the same team over three World Cups and it's... It's going to be around that, and I reckon I'd love to be a part of it if, if, if given the chance.
1: So, Salisha, you mentioned time of the year, uh, September, October, in in the UK. What 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 are the grounds going to be like? What what can they expect? Uh, is it uh, is it reasonably good conditions, or with the occasional glue pot, or just exactly what can they expect in that time? Uh, it- a little dewy. Um, I think uh, the,
2: around England it will be different, um, and I think is this true some games will be played in Wales.
1: Yeah, that's it's, right. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think, yeah, you'll you'll get a little bit a, bit a bit of a mixed bag, but I think toward definitely towards the end of it, you'll you'll get very uh, start to get the chills and see a little bit of wet wet weather rugby, and um, that will be uh, play a big part on um, some of the results of the of the tournament
0: so let's see, the other thing i um i mentioned this on radio the other day that uh just on that whole thing about playing for your country and also playing for overseas provinces and uh, clubs that uh it should be every player's right to expand their horizons and play overseas and and really uh learn from the game in different cultures and different climates and i think that's what you've done but also who is doing it you talked about Mum. A uh, uh, Matt Gitto and uh, Drew Mitchell, those sorts of players who've experienced the the culture in France and have won, in the space of a week, a top fourteen and a Heineken Cup and played in Johnny Wilkinson's penultimate and last game ever. I mean that you cannot buy those experiences. So, f- forgetting all the other glory, it, it's just part of the rugby culture that you can't get in any other sport.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and um, I think. You know, coming up here, and you know, my, I'll speak just my experience. Firstly, you know, coming up uh, as a tight head, you know, fronting up against uh, in, international tight heads, and you know, tight heads are um, front rowers that are looking to break into the international scene, or or the, the older guys that are still, you know, trying to keep hold hold their position within teams. I mean, it's just you're being constantly challenged, and um, you know, the guys like. Guido and, and drew they they'll tell you themselves that the, the the caliber of players that they're playing against uh, from week to week is made amazing and they get, they're getting put to the test in very tough conditions you know at a, a very high level of rugby uh, from week to week and I guess um, the amount the level the amount of rugby we're playing as well. I think there's no nothing that can replace um, the amount of footy you play, and I think that's the only you, you do get better uh, with the more you play, and you know those guys are they've they've um, reaped a lot of rewards from it, and I know everyone would like to see them back there, you know as as I would myself, but um, mate, it's just it, it's just the unbelievable experience for them guys to be playing with the likes of Johnny Wilkinson and have. Um, you know, someone like Freddie Mischlack and uh, Bastero, and mm. um, you know, all all those Brian Habana, they all they all bring something to the table, and you know, at the end of the day, we all take away something from it as well, and um, they're very invaluable experiences. You know, as as for myself, I've you know been lucky enough to be um, you know packing down uh, week to week with uh, Alex Corbisciero, featured um, in the British Lions tour, and and Dylan Hartley and uh, Courtney Laws, Tom Wood, they all feature in the English team, and just packing in down against um, some very quality um, uh, front rowers up here in, in England and Europe.
1: So, Lucy, what's uh, what's the vibe? We spoke earlier about Heineken Cup and what a great experience that is. What's the vibe around the, uh, around the players about what's going to happen next year with the... Uh, the recalibration of the European Cup uh, it's it's uh, slightly different but more of the same I suppose isn't it uh,
2: I, I don't think there's uh, I, I think the firstly everyone is just uh, happy there is going to be a European cup because I think it was just it was up in the air for a little while there what what the French were going to do and what was also helping uh, happening in the Welsh uh, region there with the um, Uh, Welsh rugby union going I think sort of like their own union like what the Irish have got set up But um, I think everyone's just happy that there's going to be an European Cup uh, Going ahead next year, but the system just how you you qualify has changed a little bit So not not too much different. Just I think guys just excited that it's still going to be on
0: Yeah, it's tremendous stuff well, Celestia, so we really appreciate your time. Just a quick word, too, about England, because a lot of you guys that you play with play in the England team. Big squad in New Zealand. Three-test series there, isn't it, Casho? So, Celestia, uh, so what are your thoughts about uh, England? Uh, are there any chance of uh, tossing the Kiwis?
2: Mate, I think... Um, I don't know uh, too much about the first... I don't think the first game, because there'll be a lot of guys uh, out with the... Um, that, that played in the final. and But I think once... Uh, England get their full squad together. They'll compete very hard. I think the last two outings um, England have had against uh, New Zealand, they've, they've done. Uh, the English forward pack have done, dominated them um, in, in all areas. Um, the breakdown, the, the scrum, the lineout. They have done a real good job on the All Blacks, and probably I haven't seen a team do that to them for some time. And um, I think the All Blacks last last year were pretty lucky to leave with the win. From Twickenham, so I think it'll be very even, and um, I'd probably like to see the English get up on a 2 uh, two, two, three. But I don't know. It'll be oh, you can't write off the All Blacks at home. It's a tough
1: one. Well, so. it's uh, it, it's like uh, you know the the toss up, isn't it? Who who do you support, the uh, New Zealand or England? It's uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? That uh, Salisi, uh, just, <laughs> just 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 another quick one. What can we expect from the French? Because you know, uh, public perception of France, French rugby is, is flair and, you know, running the ball and doing all those sorts of things. But uh, it's a bit uh, more, as you and Mackenzie would say, pragmatic, isn't it? Yeah.
2: I think um, given the,
1: a lot of the, the, the most,
2: a lot of the squad would have been in uh, Australia, I think probably a week, just over a week now. And I think that given the final the Toulon there wouldn't be the probably white bar one player in the Toulon team and maybe about three or four in the cast. Um and I, I think a lot a lot of them will be fresh. And I, I, I'm I reckon the has gotta probably expect a good French team to turn up. But um man, you never know mate with the French so, <laughs> <laughs> so
0: <laughs> Yeah, you uh, never it, you never know, do you? Hey, Silesi, uh, no, no, no. mate, we appreciate uh, your time. I've uh, been loving your stuff on Instagram and Twitter, all the celebrations through the streets of Northampton. Uh, fantastic to, to see. Uh, and, uh, mate, well done. I hope you get a call out for the World Cup, and I hope you have more success in the future and you're a great ambassador for the game. And, um, and go well, brother. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate yeah. it. There he is, Mark Cashman, Celestia Marfu joining us from the UK tonight. Casho, thanks for coming in.
1: Absolutely. Big guest and uh, lots of big opinions there. It's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're a big man too, Casho. Well, you're getting a bit thinner on that diet. All right, (laughs) that's it for Rugged Matrix International 189. We'll wrap up the first tests uh, from the Southern Hemisphere tours next week on the show. And very soon we'll have the greatest stitch-up of all time, the the behind-the-scenes revealed for the first time I'll reveal more next week. But in the meantime, enjoy rugby. That's Rugby Matrix International
1: for another week. Can't wait for that (laughs) stitching.